is Friday, May the 5th, and you're listening to the Grains Matter Tire podcast presented by Northport Grains. I'm your host, Dolores Foster, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Jeffrey Guy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everybody. Just one day after May the 4th, 4th be with you. Ha-ha. <laughs> you had to get your Star Wars joke in. Oh, well. It's all good. Well, I think it's a really good day for it to be Friday. The sun is shining, the markets were positive after a week of negative. So it's where did, after a few a few weeks of negative. Well, we did have some positive numbers last Friday, but not enough to make yeah. up for any losses. So how did we end up here at the end of the week? So our markets all ended up positive this week. Corn nearby up six dollars. Harvest up just up a couple dollars. Soybeans end up about eight dollars across the board. Spring wheat thirteen dollars. Remember, it was a big loser last week, like down like twenty seven dollars last week. Winter wheat up uh, ten to fourteen dollars, so prices were up this week. Uh, we did start the week on some negative days. Uh, wheat had some real major jumps up and down. Uh, soybeans actually have trended up the last three days here, and uh, it's just kind of nice to have positive, even though it's kind of it's sin. nothing substantial, but at least it's positive. Well, well, after a few weeks of negative, and it's <laughs> it's funny though reading this afternoon. Oh, yes, prices are positive today, but the trend is still down. And, like, we want to be up and positive. It's sunny, you say, you know, it's sunny. We're about to get into the fields. Soon get into the fields, all this positive stuff. But then you read the trend is still down. Yeah, the trend is. I guess we haven't had enough of a rebound to say we've broken the negative trend. You know what, next week's another week. Maybe it'll be positive next week. Who Mm -hmm. knows? So more in the, let's look at what happened on the outside markets. Our exchange rate, uh, Started very low this week, down around the 73 cents, and it's ending the week close to the 75 cents. So uh, that that can have a negative effect on bases that going forward. Still, but yeah, it hurts local bases. Their sure. uh, crude oil prices last week at this time they were like 70, just under 77 dollars. It went down to like 68.50 this week, closing just over 70 dollars. So it, you know, just a couple weeks ago it was over 80 dollars. Crude oil is down because but oversupply. That's negative for our, our that's, soybean, at least. Yeah, negative. And ethanol, too, on corn. Yeah, so it's, you're right. And it's basically, it's a outside market negative because they're worried about demand for crude oil. And crude oil usage is a great barometer of overall economic activity. So the, more of the outside markets. U.S. Federal Reserves and the European banks, they increased interest rates this week. Though the U.S. Federal Reserve did put in their statement that they will most likely or probably or hold off on some future increases, but there's still more. So that's positive that there won't be more interest rates increase. Probably not more interest rates increase in the short term, but there's the outside markets are more worried about economic slowdowns and that big bad R word. But we had some more other like positive news this week, right, for supporting economic growth. Well, today, the U.S. jobs report came out much stronger than expected. So that's a big positive. Yeah. So earlier in the week, there's more talk of the recession. The outside markets were negative. Today's a positive. So, you know, like things are kind of turning around, maybe. There's some sign of life out there. Yeah. Not much (laughs) news out of China this week. They were on their uh, national holiday. They were closed. Their markets were closed, I think, till sometime on Thursday. So not really much activity out there. 
Russia and Ukraine kind of hit the news big time. Again. Well, I saw a lot of smoke on a video on Twitter. What was that about? Oh, that was uh, Russian uh, oil stocks. Uh, an oil terminal got blown up early in the week. Ooh. And so that was talk that that was one that was going to supply part of the Russian offensive this spring in there and that would hurt their offensive because they don't have those oil supplies they got to bring it in from further so did ukraine do it they didn't they said they didn't but who knows on that one maybe russia did it well i doubt they'd blow up their own oil however there was a drone attack on the on the kremlin this week and saw that on the news with this drone blowing up above the kremlin and nobody got hurt and Russia blames Ukraine. Ukraine says they didn't do it. And Russia is using this as a backdrop to send lots of their own drones and more missiles into Ukraine. So we've been talking a lot the last couple of weeks about this Black Sea trade agreement. So I'd imagine some of this news is really hurting that as well. well. That's, some more. <laughs> yeah, and Russia is using this as a reason to say that they're not going to renew the Black Sea trade agreement. Uh, they did have meetings today. There was rumors about them, but I just read on the computer that they did have some meetings today, but nothing came out from it. The one thing I did read, which I found really interesting, so part of this agreement is that Russia has to inspect all the ships coming out of the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And they know, stopped that a couple of weeks ago, right? They stopped it there for, yeah, that was two weekends ago here that they stopped it for the for a couple of days. So I guess now they're inspecting two ships a day. Two ships a day. Previously, they used to inspect three or four ships a day. And they read a... Uh, report that there's 40 to 60 commercial ships currently held up in Ukraine ports. So 40 ships, and here we are, May the 5th, the agreement expires May the 18th, which is 13 days away. 13 times two is 26, 40 minus 26 is 14, 60 minus 26 is 34. That's the potential of how many ships could be stuck in the Ukraine if they don't renew this agreement. That's a lot of ships. That's a lot of ships. And if we remember when they first started these shipments, like they had little barges that had like 4,000 tons up to some major ocean liners that had like forty to 60,000 tons. I'd imagine that put a little bit of a kink in the logistics, the ocean it, logistics. Yeah, like so this, uh, this agreement has big potential. potential to not get renewed to affect things and how the market's going to deal with it or has it already dealt with it like day like today rallying soybean rallying uh, wheat up and that corn I'd also. imagine though if when push comes to shove and say they don't renew it it will maybe it is built in a little bit to our markets but I'm sure the market will still react well they'll will react and I laughed one customer today who's a good wheat and well, just a good customer over everything wheat soybeans and uh, corn told me he says I think whatever they do with that agreement the market's going to go negative he says because you know <laughs> just twist it around and somehow it's negative and I said you might be right I hope you're not right but you might be right <laughs> but you know what when things are negative things are negative that's right so well, let's get something else positive we didn't get so a little bit negative we didn't get much planted but how about how about the rest of our continent yeah the u.s they so every monday they release their release their crop progress report 
They've had great planting weather this week through most of the Corn Belt. Uh, they think there's going to be some really good uh, progress shown for corn and soybeans for next week. Uh, like this past Monday, corn was at like their five-year average, 26%, but soybeans were well ahead of their five-year average. And I think their market's kind of looking for both of them to be ahead of their five-year average on, come this fall. That's all Monday. positive for like for uh, the farmers, but it's not so positive for the markets. <laughs> it's a, kind of a negative for prices if they get it in early. Theory is you get a better crop. Uh, they're a little worried about spring wheat acres if they're going to go in. They're kind of slow getting in this year because some of the northern states are they're just a little wetter yet. So, so there's some parts of of our continent that's are that's really wet, and there's others that are really dry. Oh, it's just amazing! Like last night on the news about Alberta is burning up. They got lots of forest fires going. It wasn't in really much agricultural areas and where they were reporting this, but. I guess Alberta's got like over 30 degrees this week or something. So, Ooh, that's a lot warmer than here. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, nice here today. So the uh, uh, Brazil this week, uh, I put down there on the daily blogs, you know, they're exporting their soybeans much faster than last year, as expected, because they need to, because they got this big record crop of 150 plus million tons. That's right. And uh, read this week that they were just about 94% complete on their harvest with completion just around the corner. There's the Freena corn crop is uh, off to a great start. Those are kind of, those are little negatives for prices, stuff out of Brazil. For uh, sure. Soybeans, you said they've been positive here the last few days and they had a good, nice jump today here. The um, vegetable oil prices have jumped up this week and that's helped soybean oil prices which helps soybeans. It's kind of funny though, even though soybeans are positive for the week, uh, soybean meal in the U.S. it was negative this week. So that's a potential drag for next week. So I had a customer ask me today, why is there such a big spread between spot soybeans and new crop? So I would like to hear your thoughts on this, Jeffrey. Well, this is a kind of a normal. This time of year that there's old crop is usually worth more than new. Mm -hmm. The market knows and fully expects or fully expects and knows that the U.S. farmer, farmers around the world will produce. They're looking for a good crop of soybeans this year, so they say there's going to be more supply in the fall, so mm -hmm. prices will be lower. Um, worried about demand from China on new crop because Brazil has such a large crop that they're supplying uh, China. They're Historically, the Brazil crop dries up or not doesn't dry up but uh, gets diminished by the time our North American crop is coming off and there's demand from China but this year this the demand from China might not come till January February March when the Brazil crop is used up so so that's kind of a negative for new crop prices but in saying that new crop prices are still over $600 they are you know but just shy of $100 less than spot price. Yeah, uh, so it's supply demand. The U.S. is going to have tight uh, carryout stocks. They're probably going to hit their export numbers for the year, even though China's barely buying from them. And that's exactly what we talked about today when I was on the phone with one of our customers. He said, well, you know, soybeans are still over $600 for new crop. And I remember like two years ago, they were under $400. So that's still a pretty good price. 
Yeah, and that uh, that's truly the way I think you have to look at it. Some here, absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, get some. He just wanted to take some risk off the table this morning, and that's what he did. So yeah. risk off the table. That's that's why like wouldn't be at anybody to book seventy or eighty percent of their expected production right now, especially with customer day. Yes, you know. that's right. That's that's, almost, that's less than two months away. Yep, and oh, it's going to be good. Prices are going to be good. The today. ribs are booked. The ribs are booked. Yep, <laughs> that's the. Uh, they're June. not cooking them yet, but they're booked. So. <laughs> Wednesday, June twenty eighth. So that's the that's the date. Entertainment's going to be great. I think all the office ladies here are going to sing and dance. And oh, Jeffrey, I heard you were going to dance this year. <laughs> I don't want to scare people away. So <laughs> <laughs> that's wise, wise, <laughs> yeah, wise. So anyhow, I think that's kind of the markets for the week here. There's the outside markets, outside activities, outside of supply and demand. Are really have been affecting. We haven't talked anything about uh, the managed money, the speculative funds, and how they're affecting our markets. And that could be a half-hour talk all into itself. But we haven't talked about them for a while, so maybe we'll make a note to say something about them next week. <laughs> they, they truly are affecting our markets. They have such a large position in uh, uh, on the negative side, on the price going down in the in the wheat, and they've. You know, previously they had big, large, uh, long positions for rice to go up in corn and soybeans, and they're getting more to the Well, side, hopefully so. next week they change their minds, and we have a great positive week, get some get some seeds in the ground here in eastern Ontario, and another hopefully positive week next week. So. So Way to look at it, Dolores. So I think that's good for now. Anybody has any questions, give us a call anytime, and we'll go from there. So, Thanks for tuning in. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Be safe out there. Bye for now.